0: Hey, you guys, and welcome back to The News Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So as I mentioned yesterday, for this last episode of the week, I'm actually coming to you from my mama's guest bedroom closet. So I actually think the acoustics in here might be better than my actual recording studio at home. Definitely no cicada sounds coming through here, but I will say it is very snug in here. If you saw the picture I posted to my Instagram stories, this is dedication. I have a mirror in here. Where I get to watch myself record. I'm going to try to ignore that. I'm snuggled in though with the extra bedding and all kind of, you know, vacuums and things like that. Anywho, it will get the job done. And at the end of the day, this is how dedicated I am to bring you guys a calmer space to consume the news. Anywho, We do have two mini stories here for you guys at the top and then some completely fascinating stories as well as a really hopeful one for the end. So I'm really excited to end off the week on a positive note. Let's get into the details. So for our first mini story today, I wanted to let you guys know that over the past few days, it has been rumored that Donald Trump's attorneys have been told directly from the investigators to expect an indictment regarding january 6th and that these charges would stem directly from his efforts to illegally hold on to the presidency back in 2020 will he go down with the same amount of grandeur with which he pursued his attempt to deceive the american people i guess we'll know soon And then for our second mini story, I don't have a ton of detail here, but I wanted to let you guys know that right as I was going to record this, I saw that cheerleading has officially been made an Olympic sport. And I think this is so incredible because cheerleaders are such athletes. If you guys watch Cheer on Netflix, I am addicted to that show. They do so much work and it is such a sport. These are like they're capable of doing things I never could do with my body. And I'm so impressed with their athleticism. And I'm so excited that they have sort of a new achievement, sort of lifetime type career that they can achieve within the sport of cheerleading because they deserve it. If we get more details on that, though, I may do a longer story next week. And then I wanted to start off with a shorter story, Um, not really a mini story, but Mitch McConnell and the age of the aged leaders. Let's get into it. So again, this is going to be a short story, but it was pretty alarming. Mitch McConnell, one of the most prominent Republicans in the Senate, stopped talking mid-sentence this week and was quickly escorted away by security members, it seemed like. He was literally addressing the press, though. When this happened, you know, microphones, cameras on him, full force. And again, he just stopped mid-sentence. Somebody shouted, Mitch, are you okay? And he was carried away. If you guys remember, Mitch has had a series of health issues throughout his time in the Senate, and let's be real, he is 81 years old, and that is a year older than President Biden. And while I fully support people working until they feel like stopping, I also feel like there has to be a line where you prioritize your constituents and make sure you're fit to lead. Whether it's Pelosi, though, or Biden or Feinstein or Trump, we have a ton of prominent leaders who are all in their 80s. And, you know, it's a new day and age. People are living longer, but there's still got to be a line for safety purposes, right? And again, making sure people are fit to lead and able to keep up with technology because technology is increasingly part of safety concerns for our country but maybe that's what we're establishing here. You know, where is that line? I hope that Mitch is okay, and I also hope that if he isn't okay, that he will take the time to rest and recover. We're saying a prayer for him and for all of our leaders. Okay, guys, now I have to get into a different story that is a little bit more of a pet project of mine that I love researching on public perspective on UFOs is shifting, and there were some hearings in Congress that led to some very interesting discoveries. Let's get into the details. So I don't know how much you guys are or are not following this current trend, but the conversation surrounding UFOs, outer space, and extraterrestrials is really making its way into the mainstream people who are studying this or just asking questions about it are less and less being perceived as tinfoil hat kind of crazies because this has to do with the fact that we've done more exploring of outer space and in learning about it and photographing it, it's putting a lot of things into perspective. You know, just how tiny we are on this one little planet in this one little galaxy that, you know, we've come to determine there's so many billions more out there. So Us being the only planet with life on it, well, it becomes unrealistic at a certain point, egotistical even. And a lot of this is really laid out in plain words in the podcast High Strange, which I really loved with Payne Lindsay. I like this podcast because Payne isn't afraid to ask big questions. He isn't afraid to explore questions we simply can't know the answers to. I did... When I was growing up, I went to a semester in a special school in New York where basically we did something called an exploratory essay where we would explore a topic without a thesis, without trying to come to some, some type of conclusion at the end. And I love that type of exploratory thinking because I think it leads to really interesting discoveries. And I think our culture in general puts too much emphasis on having all the answers. So I really appreciated that podcast for allowing space for questions that we don't know the answers to. But anywho, UFOs are making headlines a lot lately, and that's something that Payne dives into on High Strange. Navy pilots have come forward talking about their encounters with UFOs, you know, ones that they simply can't explain. And these men are experts in aeronautical engineering. So if they were stumped as to how these things were flying or flying so fast, pretty much anyone would be. They said that these aircraft did not have any propellers that they could see or put out any exhaust and that they moved much faster than anything we currently have in our U.S. military and that they somehow also knew where the U.S. military planes planned to meet up later and beat them there. This information was top secret military intel. So either these things were from the U.S. military and that's how they knew the meeting spot. Or they somehow tapped into our communication systems. Either way, it's a little crazy. But this week, lawmakers grilled Pentagon officials and former Pentagon officials for information on this increase in UFO activity. They argued that the military has been secretive to an unnecessary level and that there's no way that they need to hide all this research and any discoveries from the American people. One of the most explosive questions and answers to me personally was when a former intelligence official, David Gersh, was asked during these proceedings if he, quote, had personal knowledge of people who have been harmed or injured in efforts to cover up or conceal these extraterrestrial technologies, end quote. Gertz responded in the affirmative. Ice water down your spine, right? People have been harmed and hurt in the government's efforts to conceal their research of extraterrestrials. What?! Then they took this a step further and lawmakers demanded to know if anyone had been murdered as a part of a government effort to conceal the UFO research. And he responded that he was not able to talk about that publicly. I literally cannot. So to me, that basically confirms because if it was a no, he probably would have just said no. So... It sounds like someone may have been killed or murdered as part of the government effort to conceal UFO research, which is just insane. At the end of the day, if these things are real and they can really outsmart our current military systems, that is cause for alarm. And frankly, the American people deserve the facts. We deserve to know what's going on and if we could potentially be in danger or simply to address some of these unanswerable questions together as a country united. And for our last story for the week, I wanted to cover the autistic missing teen who was found safe, but I do have to issue a content warning that this story involves a missing or abducted teen. You guys, when I read this news, I literally jumped up from my seat. I started jumping up and down. I have followed this story for years, since shortly after Alicia went missing, and I was so worried about her. I genuinely thought she would probably never be found and definitely never found alive. This little girl was 14 years old when she disappeared from her home, and she has now been found safe. She had significant day-to-day challenges when it came to her autism, and again, she was only 14 years old, but her mom never stopped fighting and never stopped looking for her. She has, again, been gone for four years, and yet you know, so many other families would have given up hope and just tried to cope with the idea that their loved one was gone for good, but not Jessica. She advocated for the past four years, holding on to hope that her daughter was safe somewhere. So let's go back a bit and I'll tell you a little bit more about how Alicia went missing in the first place and then we'll touch on how she was found. Let's go. So first and foremost, on the night of September 15th in 2019 in Phoenix, Arizona, Alicia asked her mother, Jessica, what time she was planning to go to bed. A bit of a strange question coming from her young teenager, but she answered it anyway. They all went to bed eventually, but the next morning something was just off. Jessica could not find Alicia and instead she found a note saying, quote, I ran away. I will be back. I swear. I swear. I'm sorry, Alicia, end quote. This note shattered any illusion that Alicia might be safe because, again, her autism was tough to manage. You know, again, it gave her day to day challenges and her mom knew that she would not be okay all on her own. Diving into her electronics, the police did find that this teen was communicating with someone via video games. She had been gaming since she was 11, and she spoke to strangers regularly through these gaming apps. And it was something that her mom never even questioned. She never really thought it could be dangerous. Jessica attested that leaving with a stranger would have been incredibly out of character for her daughter, who had the same group of friends since childhood and just took a while to warm up to new people. So it is presumed that she probably got to know someone over years and years of gaming, and that they slowly gained her trust. She had also recently asked her mom for makeup for the first time, which was out of character for her as well. So her mom suspected that maybe she had a crush in her life. Little did she know that this crush may have been an online predator. So how was she eventually found? Well, after four years of being away and being missing and countless hours spent searching for her via private investigators and the police and the community, the girl simply walked into a police station in Montana, you guys, and told them her name. She went missing where her family lived, again, in Arizona, but this Montana town is very close to the Canadian border. So, we don't have a ton more detail about what happened to her at this time because let's be real. This is the starting line for what will be a very important investigation into what is most likely a child predator who lured Alicia away that night and into the dark. I will say I was a little broken hearted seeing the photos of Alicia taken at the police station that day. You can tell that this girl has aged and I don't mean just physically. This tragedy has definitely taken a toll on her. You could see it in her eyes. Her eyes were just sunken with dark circles and her expression was totally drained Compared to the sweet smiling face that you saw in the before picture, well, you can just tell that an innocence has left her gaze. Her girlhood is probably gone forever. And what's more, her T-shirt in the photo read spooky in all purple, like gothic lettering. And there was a band-aid shown on her forearm, a large one, and it's definitely a haunting image to be sure. I just hope that she is getting all the help I'm sure she will need to heal physically and emotionally from this ordeal, but I'm so glad to know that she's safe and back home with her family. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, it only has to make sense to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh, oh.